Howdy, everybody. This podcast is recorded in a house with a lot of animals, and they will pop in every now and then. I should also mention at this point that while this podcast does not set out to be explicit, it can contain strong language and therefore is marked as such. So parental guidance is suggested, but we're not going to get dirty. This isn't like our other podcast. (laughs) So welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 15. I'm back home. I'm back in the studio. I'm not recording in my friend's basement room again. Uh, Ursula didn't know about that. So last week for the intro and the outro after getting the interview with Gene, I sat down on my bed with the recorder and knocked out the audio for this portion and a quick blurb about what was going on that week and then the end portion. In Tina's basement? In Tina's basement and stitched it all together. I want to have, someday I hope to have, I should say, her husband Bruce on because I think it's probably fascinating how he keeps himself organized. But that is, uh, he's very busy and that's also part of it. So, uh, last week I was, obviously I was out of town. I was doing our offsite with work. It was incredible. We had a great time. I had all of my tasks or, or schedule stuff lined up in my Emacs org mode so I could keep track. I had it updated. I had deadlines. As we were working on other things, I was able to take some notes there. And I think overall it was pretty successful. So we're all really happy with how things turned out. And we got a whole bunch of strategizing done. And it was it's really valuable, like I said last week, it's really valuable to get out of the office, to get your entire group together and spend some time not just socializing, but planning or presenting on new technologies you're going to implement. Or we even had what could be considered almost some mini hackathons where we just sat down and worked on code or worked on solving a a problem, something like that. This is stuff you can't do in the office often because you're distracted, because you are involved in like the day-to-day grind of things that, that, that's a cat at the door, see, told you. The day-to-day grind of just keeping the business going or the special deliverable you have or the emergency. Apparently it's the tortoiseshell cat and not the gray cat who it usually is bothering us here. Tordy has strong feelings about productivity. She does. She feels that the most productive thing we could be doing is feeding her and scratching her belly. Yes, she is the one who, when I work on art at my main computer, comes and lays down on the keyboard. She's your cat. She likes you a lot, though. She, she does. She does. One of the things that I should also mention about this off-site is it gave us all some time to have a one-on-one meeting with the managers above our regular manager. I talk to Gene every week. I talk to Gene practically every day. We work very closely together. We work very well together overall. And because of that, and because most of my, my manager and my vice president, my exec vice president are all remote from me, I don't work with them that often. I don't have an opportunity to sit down and spend half an hour talking about what I've been doing, where I see my career going, things like that. And it's 
an opportunity to do that at these sorts of events. And if your department or your company doesn't have something set up to do that, I would really encourage you to take some time to get everybody together away from the office and not in one of those cheesy team building events. Paintball, laser tag. Rope course. Rope, rope course. I did that one uh, with sales at Red Hat as a team building exercise. If you're in the technical field like I am, play with things. Take a couple days and experiment with something Wait, new. rope course? Yes, it was all about learning to trust each other and build a team. And well, but what kind of rope? Rope? What did you do with a rope? Well, there was a V-line, there was a climbing wall, there was a little rappelling, there were trust falls. This all seems like a thing for people who are assumed to have upper body strength and not be physically disabled. That is correct. Yes. One of the advantages... That's bullshit. One of the advantages to doing what we do with this sort of offsite where there's a technical presentation and we have time to experiment and socialize is it is accessible to everybody. And we may take great pains to make sure that no matter what your condition is, you are able to be there if you so choose. We pay for our Australians and our Europeans to come into the country. They, the hotel is away from the office. People from the office are encouraged to stay at the hotel so that they're not right there next to the office or so close that, oh, I might as well stop in, that sort of thing. Gene and I took the time to go visit our office because we're not normally there. So we took an afternoon and we went in and we saw everybody because these are people we don't get to interact with. And again, we had some really good conversations. If you work remote from your headquarters and you've got the culture similar to what we have at our company, which is frankly really good overall, it is important to take some time to just go around and, for lack of a better term, glad hand around the office. Meet people who you may talk to regularly but don't speak with face-to-face, -face, right? Can you all tell Kevin's an extrovert? Kevin's an extrovert. And then I go home and I just sit there and poke at Darkest Dungeons <laughs> until it's time to pass out because Tina's there and Tina is twice the extrovert any person I know is. That's true. Very true. I, uh, I have gone uh, once to meet my publishers in New York. It is a valuable experience. I sweated bullets beforehand and, you know, spent the entire thing, the entire time frame going, don't say anything horrible, don't say anything horrible, don't say anything horrible. And we got into how dolphins are dreadful, dreadful rapist animals uh, pretty much within five minutes because I, yeah. And yeah. Was, and also she had a giraffe on, a picture on the door and I looked at the giraffe and independent of my brain, my mouth said, you know, one of the leading cause of deaths among male giraffes. And mm. um, so, yeah, this was my children's book editor. Uh <laughs> So, <laughs> who said after ten minutes, she's like I can see how you write the books. You're, you're exactly like that in real life too. Kinda. <laughs> yeah. So, you had homework, oh wombat test subject. Yep, I did. You didn't do it, did you? Failed completely. No, and and here's the thing, I am not going to say that I failed by not doing it. I looked at the thing. Okay. I wrote something down, and then I stared at it, 
and I was like, I've done nothing on this list. So I guess what? I move it forward two pages? I don't have any pages to put in front of it. You just... just so I just leave it open to the thing. So this is... Yeah, you just... You just you keep going on that one. You don't have to move it to the next page over. Well, there... You I, can just keep a running list. But I had nothing to say. My, my... I didn't do any of the things. I didn't add any new things. It was like I would look at it and go... I have absolutely no opinion, and I'm tired, and I don't particularly feel like researching gun safety classes today. And then a week went by, and I was like, I have done nothing on this list. I have nothing else to add to this list. This list is just sitting here. So this is not a good system for you? I think we have pretty much determined that I am not a bullet journaler. No. I mean, and the other thing is all the little, like, dots and things in the beginning. I'm like, mm-hmm. am I supposed to put a dot or a circle or a... Okay, no, it's still <laughs> got a dot. Okay, I, I, I guess I have moved everything on the list forward a week. So should I put arrows or should I just move the entire sheet of paper because I haven't changed anything about it? Wait, why am I moving the sheet of paper? I haven't done anything else in this notebook. It can stay right where it is. I didn't put a date on it, so it doesn't matter, does it? This is bullshit. I'm going to go play Stellaris. And you played a lot of Stellaris. I did. But you also got a lot of word count. Yes. um, I think one thing... Okay, first of all... I'm going to say a, a general... I have a two-part statement here. One, okay. something that a lot of writers have talked about off and on, and John Scalzi just did a blog post about it, which occurs makes me think that it's worth saying. Every writer I know has been... Every creative person I know has been uh, absolutely dead this year. Our productivity has been tanked. The political situation is so bad and so depressing and everything is so weird and awful that uh, like you know you call or you you write your editor and say i'm really sorry i'm late and they say everyone else is too yeah it's fine uh scalzi who he's like look i normally write two thousand words a day that's way more productive than i am i i try to get a thousand he's like uh you know uh, i got 1300 yesterday and felt like i was amazing Wow. You know, he's like, I expected this book to be done in the first half. I'm still not done with it. None of us are in in writer Twitter, which is most of the people <laughs> I know. We are all just dragging ass. And and part of it, I mean, because this, it's a lot of people who, this hits directly. It's a lot of self-employed people. So the mm-hmm. insurance things basically has everyone on their, on the on edge, yeah. Uh, you have a lot of people who are in various... Uh, minority groups who are getting targeted by the administration, so every or at least have at the very least have friends who are, and so everyone's you know on the edge of their seat about them. It's it, this is just a rough ass time. All the uh, the and none of us are very productive, and so last week I knocked out like ten thousand words yes. while Kevin was out of town. And that was amazing. That was a serious blaze of glory for me. I have not managed one of those all year. It was... Excuse me, dog. <laughs> um, it was it was fantastic. I did it by virtue of the fact that Kevin was out of town and I was working at my peak productive hours, which is 2 in the morning. 
Left to my own devices, I am frankly most productive from about midnight to three in the morning. Yeah. Uh, I have sacrificed this this productive time slot to keeping a normal human schedule alongside Kevin. So that we're basically awake at the same time. Yes, but in, in left to my own devices, I will sleep until about one in the afternoon. I, I am one of nature's second shift people, basically. Yes. I will stay up half the night and I will sleep until one. Dog! Will you go check on them? Yes. Uh... One of the things I think it's important to point out, again, don't feel bad if in the current political climate if you're not getting that much done. The other thing to note is that it's okay to tune out. It is okay to take a week and say, I am unplugging. I know several people who have reached capacity and are just saying, that's it, I am done, I am shutting down Twitter for the next 8, 10, 12, 72 hours. Which is a thing I can't do because all my friends live there. Right, right. I, I spend 8 hours generally off of Twitter because otherwise I'll spend all my time on Twitter and not working. And I have a job where it's important that I maintain specific hours right now. Yes. But the other understanding is it's okay to unplug we are if you can if you can well it's not just that i love npr i used to listen to npr all day every day i've listened to so much classic rock lately i can't listen to npr the minute that it goes political and everything's political <clears throat> yeah I, I punch the button i can't take it we're we're up enough to be able to keep up with Wait, wait, don't tell me. Weekends are good because they're not nonstop news. They're mostly entertainment variety show kinds of things. Like, we'll listen to This American Life. We'll listen to... The well, sometimes This American Life. Sometimes we're just like, oh, God, the horror. Snap Judgment, yeah. which should be doing all their Halloween episodes about now. Yay! Uh, what's the one? The... the wait, uh, not wait, wait. Don't, Ask yeah. Me Another. Ask Me Another, which is always fun. So, but we're not listening to, I used to get up in the morning, I'd listen to Morning Edition until it transitioned to Diane Reams when she was still on the air, until it turned into, I think it's State of Things, the North Carolina specific, and just through the afternoon, it was just there in the background. I can't do that anymore. I have to work. I can't be angry all the time. Yeah, and one of the things you have to learn eventually and God knows, <laughs> listen mm. to what I say, not what I do. Uh, <laughs> me being furious at the universe does not change the universe. So me feeling grief over things I can't affect does not help anyone. You know, it's, it's. Uh, I think Lin-Manuel Miranda was yep. saying, you know, you, you have to be careful what griefs you let into your heart, because if you let them all in, they'll drown you. Yes. And it's, lots of us are drowning right now. That said, I can't get off Twitter because, uh, to a large extent, I mean, it's my support system for a lot of things. Right. And frankly, at the risk of sounding egotistical, I'm the support system for a number of people. A number of people, they, yeah. They want to hear, you know, silly commentary about the chicken who's coming to visit a strong, independent chicken. And uh, the, the, the weather we're having and thoughts about beans and... 
that is valid. I, I feel like, you know, there are people who have sent me notes saying in, in at the point after the election when I couldn't handle anything, I can follow your Twitter feed and that filtered everything just enough that I could handle it. I right. mean, that I've, yeah, filtering is something that's important as well. You can limit what you look at on Twitter to some degree. There are amazing... And it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make do you it. a bad person. I will admit fully to, except in very, very specific circumstances, turning off retweets. Because otherwise my feed would be full of all of these retweets from all of these people I follow. And I appreciate their opinions, but I had to turn them off because I wasn't able to keep up with actual people. And now that they've got the new like button the heart button is now basically a retweet oh yeah it's it's yeah. maddening because i just want to i i want to be engaged with people not a cons pure consumer of content and the there are ways flawed ways to manage your experience um i know a mm -hmm. lot of people have just said look i just muted the word trump and life got easier right so the tools are out there they're not great and if you are one of the victims of harassment or targeted you know just how bad the tools are exactly and so keep up the good fight we're here to support you either it will be fixed or we will all end up on a different platform at some point but yes anyway so uh, I did have a very productive week while Kevin was gone, and partly by working to my usual to my preferred schedule. Now that he's back, uh, my productivity is in the toilet again, uh, mostly because a terrible, horrible event happened, and that's hard. And yep. partly because uh, I am trying to work to a schedule that my body is not entirely thrilled with, but. Uh, you know, that's life. I, I Kevin, I think, left to his own devices, would probably prefer to sleep till 1 and stay up till 3 anyway. I tend to get up between 9.30 and 10 okay, when left so. to my own devices, but it's still... Yeah, but you'll stay up till 3. I will. I absolutely will. And it's not easy to do this when your body isn't aligned specifically to the quote-unquote work week it's difficult i'm not saying it isn't i'm not saying i'm not tired almost every day and that to a large extent i was uh what day was it i missed my morning pills and i was tired and i didn't know why i was extra tired and then i realized that one of my morning pills is an antihistamine yeah and i'm pretty sure that the antihistamine is basically my upper for the morning and that's what lets me keeps me from just falling asleep at my desk some days and also dying of, of snot that too yes uh one of my morning i skip my morning pills a lot more than i should because mm -hmm. morning is fungible for me and it's bad particularly because one of my morning pills is a thyroid med my thyroid is wonky and uh i sleep 10 hours a day, more if I can get it. Uh, probably I have sleep apnea, but my denial's working real well for me, so I'm sticking to it. Uh, Not just a river in Egypt. <laughs> hey, look, I am one of those people, and again, don't be like this, kids, uh, who 
if I suspect I have a medical problem, um, I will sleep on it, and if I'm dead in the morning, then I don't have to worry about it. And if it still hurts in the morning, I'll go to the doctor someday. It will be a stroke, and I will die. But uh, Which is why it's important that when you broke your foot, I bundled you into the car and took you. Yeah, I was like, I don't know, maybe. And Kevin is, like had the go bag. I did. <laughs> and, was, and I'm like, I, Kevin has informed me we're going to the ER now. Yes. So it's important to consider extra ways of self-care more than just diet and exercise. Yes. Rest is important. I cannot emphasize how much rest is important. I would say that if if you are one of nature's second shift people, uh, or late shift people or whatever, yeah. that that's okay. It is. I, I don't feel like you're a total loser because you're out of step with the rest of the world. Um, I have I have friends, in fact, who at least one who is uh, pretty much completely nocturnal uh, for medical reasons. Uh, his allergies are so bad and he has uh, porphyria, which makes him extremely light sensitive. And he's like, it is just much easier to sleep all day and, and yeah. live at night. And uh, it's like, yeah, totally. Um, so consider that your most productive hours may not be when everyone else's are. I try to work at the coffee shop during the day. It'll take me three hours to type something out. I come home, I'll knock that out in 30 minutes sitting on the bed. Yeah. You know, so. And as a, another thing to, we want to emphasize, don't be afraid to disconnect, even if it's for an hour. Make sure you take that break and you get up and walk away from whatever it is that's stressing you out or you can't seem to focus on. Bill talked about that two weeks ago. And one of the things I like to do now, much to my own dismay, chagrin is a good word too, the last couple days I've been hitting a, if I'm hitting a wall trying to figure something out or whatever, I take my coffee outside and I sit down on the front steps and I drink my coffee and I watch the chicken. A chicken has come in from the neighbors. This is strong, independent chicken. She uh, she does not like coops very much, and she was the sole survivor of a raccoon attack, so now she really doesn't like them. And she has decided she hangs out in her, our garden now because the raccoon wasn't here. And then Kevin started feeding her. Well, I couldn't let her go hungry. I mean, she wasn't going hungry, but I wanted to get a good photo, and the only way I could get a good photo without moving and spooking her left, right, and center was to put out a little food and now I take out chicken food when I'm letting the dogs out in the morning because because strong independent chicken needs her breakfast yeah and uh, don't I, worry this will carry over to the hermit <laughs> thrush that's been overwintering here for qu uh, quite a number of years yes uh and I have to say there is something very soothing about chicken noises there is I did not expect the sound of a chicken clucking. All those white noise generators of, you know... Uh, uh, oceans. Oceans and, and whatnot. Honestly, they should just do happy chickens. Just not happy chick, Calm chickens. Calm chickens. It's, it's freakishly soothing. It really is. And it's so simple to look at the chicken. And you don't really think about you anymore because you're thinking about just how simple it is to be a chicken. To be out and pecking up seeds and bugs and stomping through and maybe shaking the dust bath off which is a sight to behold if you've never seen it <laughs> anyway uh this ends with us getting more chickens so. it does but 
I think it's also, we're getting chickens not just because we're worried strong independent chicken is lonely, even though strong independent chicken is very strong and independent. You know, it's a, you can be strong and independent and still want to be part of a community. You can? Yes. The other thing is that we're finding them soothing chickens for mental health. Yes. Very bizarre to think about. Also, possibly if we have an actual nest box, we'll figure out where the eggs are and then we could eat them. I am not against having fresh eggs. Yes, that, that is awesome. That is a bonus. <laughs> Plus, you'll get fertilizer. Yes. Yes, I will. So much fertilizer. So Anyway, this got far afield. Bullet journaling did not work for me. Great if it works for you. Very yep. happy for you. Does not work for me. I'm not necessarily going to hand out homework this week. Okay. Because we have other things to research. Like chicken. You were wanting to wire the chicken door to, like, chicken. Chicken I, cam. Chicken cam. and Yeah. Can we just get the solar chicken door? That, that's oh yeah, that's what I was looking at. Yeah, there's 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 a chicken door I'm looking at that looks like it has all the diagrams and wiring online, so that if I wanted to add monitors to it or remote controls, it'd probably be reasonable, so that I'm not building an entire door from scratch because that's just insane. Well, well, why don't we get that door and then we can like put it on the run or something, right. and then we can just do the. Super redneck chicken coop. We'll, we'll talk, but I really, really do not want the super redneck chicken coop because I am not super redneck. There's There are limits. How long has there been a cardboard box big enough to live in on the front porch? Um, hang on. Three months? Our neighbor has... Two trucks up on blocks. Yes. I really, really don't want to to be that way. And I'm going to break that thing down this week. <laughs> because I can't see the chicken because the cardboard box is in front of oh, my window. now the truth comes out. I wondered why you were suddenly so hot to get I've been mean, the box. I've been meaning to do it for a couple weeks, but now I have a reason. Plus, it's almost thrush bob season, and the last thing we need is thrush bob hanging out. We have a hermit thrush that lives... He overwinters here, and so we call him Thrush Bob. I don't need. So, if you haven't realized this, listeners, Kevin is basically Doctor Doolittle. Actually, Kevin is basically like a weird Lutheran agnostic Francis of Assisi. That's yeah. <laughs> I don't preach to the birds, but I make sure they get extra food. So you, you don't get the birds bullet journaling right so i'm not giving you homework this week Thank you. we have things we need to be productive on and so they involve chicken coops don't they pretty much yeah oh dear god so right. there will be probably some some discussion of planning out the the <laughs> a home uh, renovation project a, right? sort of yeah because I have a lot of weekends free, but not so much weeknights, so have to target what I'm doing, have a plan, maybe, I don't know if we'll have deadlines, but we'll have to do materials, we'll have to do costing, we have to do all that stuff. So this is an actual project that we have to be reasonably productive on, that if she had her way, we would have a dog kennel with a tarp over it. Up on cinder blocks. Up on cinder blocks. And we Surrounded are, by hardware cloth. We are not 
putting a dog kennel on cinder blocks to hold chickens in the front yard. That's just... No one can see it! There's trees! No. I have some standards. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway... We have a great interview for we you. We have a fantastic interview with my friend Dylan Wybanks. He's a UX designer, and we're going to hand it over to him so that he can explain what he does and how he keeps himself organized. And we'll be back in a little bit. So, hey folks, I am in downtown Seattle with my friend Dylan. We're going to do an uh, interview for Productivity Alchemy. Hi Dylan, how you doing? Alright, how are you? I'm good. Can you introduce yourself for the listeners at home who have no idea who you are? Sure. <laughs> I'm uh, Dylan Wilbanks. I've been doing user experience design and before that web design for, well, since the first dot-com boom. It's, it's been a long time. I am a longtime now Seattle resident. Uh, I have spent time working in enterprise, um, UX design, and in startups. And we did once upon a time share an employer. At this moment, I am currently starting my own consulting firm um, called Etra, which is primarily doing some work around Seattle in user experience consulting um, and and strategy. And um, I'm not sure what else to say. I, I like I like long walks on the beach and and a decent red wine and a good cup of coffee and a good and a good rye whiskey. Uh, well, rye, yeah, rye whiskey is always worth it. There you go. So how do you keep yourself organized? I don't. Okay. No. You have to keep yourself. So, so here's the deal. I have attention deficit disorder. Okay. ADHD is what we call it now. But I wasn't diagnosed until my mid-20s. Ah, okay. So I missed a lot of the... And I'm in my 40s now. So not only did I miss that, once I actually started using drugs, I ran into a lot of problems. For example, I became a very different person using them. Um, I've been... Not uncommon. Yes. I, And not in a good way. Right. In a... Jack Nicholson in The Shining way? Cool. No. Cool. So the drugs don't work. I didn't get a lot of the, the vocational stuff. What I've learned to do over time has been to essentially build in the things that were missing. Right. Um, I am a I'm a big list maker. Okay. Although I would say that my tools are all over the place. I have stuff in Trello. I have stuff in Todoist. I have stuff on paper. I probably carry five notebooks at any given time. I would say my best tool for organizing, though, is Excel. You're not the first person who said that. Yeah. Yeah. And the crazy thing is that as a designer, a lot of my design work is in Excel, which frightens a lot of UX designers when I say it. But 
I will tell you that there is a certain power to being able to get people in a room and agree on what it is we're trying to do inside of a spreadsheet and actually build a real punch list off of that. Right, right, right. Well, it's like I know uh, several project managers who, frankly, do a lot of their layouts and workflows in PowerPoint. Yeah. So, Definitely. direct tool for the job. Right, exactly. So, I... The other thing I've taught myself over the years is what I call the three per day rule, which which is I have a thousand things I need to do. I consider it a success if I can do three. I am a very I'm very much a perfectionist. I need to do everything, and I know I can't. So I've taught myself if I get to three, I'm okay, and that could mean as little as today. I started my outline for a book. I've emailed a few people I need to talk to. I've um, been working on a talk with somebody else and we're connecting back and forth with that. So I've had a relatively productive day, all things considered. Um, it did require two cups of coffee and three glasses of cider. Well, that's, you know, whatever makes the workflow, believe I'm, me. I mean, that is the positive thing about doing your own thing is now you can drink cider and it's okay because you're doing work. So I, I would love to say I'm super organized. I think the reality is I have to be ad hoc on a lot of these things because I know that I have to shift continually. Part of the weird thing with my ADHD is knowing that I'm going to wander from place to place and have to stay under control. But it's a bit like how to be really geeky in next gen where they have to randomize the shield frequencies to deal with the board i feel like i have to randomize my systems in order to keep my inner my inner board adhd board you know right right we are the board we will assimilate you every two minutes <laughs> so as that rolls through so we, we've talked about excel and some of the different things what habits uh, or systems in addition to the tools are, are really important I'm a big believer in Pomodoros. Okay. So, I don't know if your listeners know a lot about that, but... They, I keep threatening to have Ursula try it one week, and she's like, you're buying me the little timer so I can throw it across the room in a rage, right? Um, I figure I'll just buy a bulk off of, uh, off of Amazon. Okay, this is what's great. There is a, a cube timer you can get where you put it up at the number you want, and then it'll buzz, and you basically knock it over to turn it off. Okay. You could, in theory, throw it. I would yes. not recommend it. It would make a dent in your wallet. Well, it's that or, you know, I was telling her, you can use your phone. She's like, but a phone is very expensive to replace when it's annoyed me enough that I throw it across the room. Like, at least she understands her limits all this. Yeah, yeah. You're using Pomodoro. I'm using Pomodoro. Um, and I was actually taught this by, um, I believe it was, it was by Leslie Doherty, um, Leslie Flinger online. Um I think it was her, but I'll need to I'll need to re double check. They'd written a blog post talking about. No, it wasn't. You know who it was? Hmm. It was um, Lauren Hall Steigers, who is a local person here in Seattle who has done SEO work and is also a writer. And I stumbled on her blog post talking about ah. how she was using Pomodoros and how the fact that they were for her in keeping her work organized. So I started doing it myself. And the idea is 25 minute timer, five, 10 minutes off. And I find that 25 to 35, I do have to change it up. 
um, is usually about right for me because it takes about five minutes to settle in. And if I can turn off all the other distractions, I can crank up my 500 song playlist of, of a combination of um, ambient, um, post-industrial, and a, and a few other interesting forms of music along with um, about as much Brian Eno as you could ever want. That, Is there such a thing? I'm not sure. Yeah. Although I have really started to love, started to love Max Richter, but that's a different conversation for a different time. What I find is I can do that. I can roll 20, 25 minutes, get a lot of things done, and then I stop. And the whole point of a Pomodoro is you do an amount of time, you take time off, you rest, you do a few things, and then you go back to it again. And what was really interesting to me was reading about the studies they've done of concert pianists and the original 10,000 hour work one of the other things that came out of it was they tended to not work in large stretches. It wasn't like they were spending eight hours a day at the piano. They were spending an hour or two hours. They would rest. They could do something else. They might spend another hour or two hours later in the day. It was very much limited chunks of time in which they did things. And I found that if I started cutting things up like these Pomodoros, I could get things done more effectively and I could find myself being able to check things off much quicker. And it would also allow my brain to say, look, just tolerate for 25 minutes me staring at this, at this thing and doing this thing, which could be really small, minor design work all the way up to having to figure out how to rejigger an entire design program. Um, I will probably do about four to five a day, um, except on days I call squirrel days. And the other thing that's helped too, and I know I'm rambling, but I'll keep going, is I've started to shift my work hours forward. I found I'm most productive in the afternoon. Okay. So one of the things I was doing in my previous existence was move my meetings to the morning and blocked out large meetings for myself in the afternoon. Or I would, in this newer role where I'm doing more consulting, I tend to sleep in and I tend to shift things forward so I'm working 10 to 5 and then I might roll off for a few hours and maybe do another couple of hours. You've still got the time to be happy with the corporate customers who are doing the business hours and then you've got a nice window of for lack of a better term, quiet time when you don't have to worry about your customers calling you or your customers and stuff like that. Exactly. And it helps to live on the West Coast. That's true. Because um, our 8 o'clock is East Coast 11 o'clock. I'm aware. And your 8 o'clock is why did you get me up this early in the morning for a meeting? Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm like I've said, I'm an AD, I have ADHD. It's almost untreatable. All I can do is adapt. Right. So through all of that, what's the biggest help in developing these or best piece of advice? Um, this is going to sound really dumb. I have heard it all. I think it's committing to doing it and making the small pieces a habit. Okay. Yeah. For me, it's... I mean, Pomodoro's were an experiment. Is this going to work? 
they ended up working pretty well. They are not my entire methodology, but they're a thing that I reach for. They're nice. They're a nice framework. Right, and I've tended to also be very loose about it. Um, I'm not going into it with the idea of setting this high bar for success. This is actually a big problem with designers is designers tend to be people who say, I'm going to save the world and I'm going to be a man, I'm going to do all these things. And then you do a tenth of them and all you can think about is what a horribly underproductive person you are. And this goes back to having Excel, is starting to learn to be very small, adapt small, sh adapt small things shortly over time, throw the and you know move fast and fail quickly in a lot of ways. For me, um, I know that not everything's going to work and things will stop working, so I'm going to change. And the and it's and as well, it's to have the psychological mindset, the the. The, the framework around your around yourself that says anybody want to help out in an arts and craft project? So just just for context, this is some of the background noise. We're inside of a coffee shop in this is Capitol Hill. Yes. And there are rainbow flags everywhere. I just this neighborhood is. Let's be clear. There are rainbow flags. Yes. There are also flags for trans. For, for, for poly, yes. for agender, for bears. There are basically, if you are not a cisgendered, heterosexual male, this is your place. And it, I'm going to be clear, I love Capitol Hill. Yeah, I was going to say, I am a, a, a cisgendered white male, and I, I love Capitol Hill. But for context, the Arts and Crafts Party, there are abortion uh, protesters outside. So I'm pretty sure a counter-protest is forming while we're doing this interview, which I think is kind of awesome. So it may get a little loud in here, and I apologize for listeners, but we're, we're running towards the end of end of things. Yes. So. We live in interesting times. Absolutely. And then after this, I think I'm going to take a dollar from Dylan and go out and tell them that I had three abortions when I was a woman. I don't know if we're going to record it. No. But well, it, would be, it would be a great extra on the podcast. It might be. I don't know. That, that may just be a, a, a camera film. We'll see what happens with that. Um, anyway, back to, to on topic for this Yes, bit. indeed. What, how do you reward yourself for success? I don't know if I'm very good at it, for one thing. I think, I think for me, success is checking things off a list. Um, hey, whatever gives you that dopamine hit, right? Yeah. I, I, this is a so my wife and I have had this conversation for a while and she is along with your wife a published author right. um, but is somebody who has been a published author in light of having a 9 to 5 job at a university Yes. so her she has suffered from the same problem I've talked about just recently which is the problem of being such a perfectionist that you can't deliver on the on a tenth of what you had, and it's kind of ridiculous to have that mindset. I found, but she has moved towards a risk reward system where it's very much I will do things, I will reward myself, um, and it's like if I do A, I will do this. She's also tried a penalty system where if I don't do this, I will give 
she's from an Auburn family. She gave money to the University of Alabama. So, as you can imagine, it was very painful. But in that case, and I don't want to throw my poor wife under the bus on this one, I felt like that she set the goal way too high, and she had set herself up for failure. For me, it's keep it small, keep the reward small, and. I feel like if I can see a list and I can see a sense of accomplishment, then I can feel pretty good about what I'm doing. If I can't see that list of accomplishment, if I can't feel like I'm moving forward, you know. And I'll say too, as a senior designer, I often have to lead and drive a team. And a lot of what I've had to do around that has been setting these goals, setting these pictures, setting these places and saying, we're gonna get here. And when we get here, we're gonna have beer. There you go, and then and beer is a motivator in mm-hmm. a lot of those groups. Right. And say, oh yeah, more money, but they're like, I don't know about more money. We'll do free beer. Free beer is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, so. You know, and I will say, I was working in a startup where I had a small team of front end developers that I ended up having to run their team on top of the other things I was doing, and they're building a backlog, driving things through doing all the work related to that um, meant that we started to get ahead. And the strangest thing was rewarding them by saying, you don't have to work this weekend, which to me feels like the worst thing to reward somebody with because you should never have to. No. 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 I watch game designers. I know a bunch of game designers. Mm -hmm. They're like, we don't have crunch time. my wife was married to the someone who worked in that company was like, yes, that's because they're always in what would be considered crunch time at any other company. Mm-hmm. You know, you're working Saturday, you're working Sunday to, to get the game out the door and mm-hmm. going home and, and having a life is secondary to getting the game out the door. Just mm-hmm. about the time you finish one, you're right on to the next one. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know, or or the other side of it of you push really, really hard only to be laid off. Right. Which I've seen happen even in the in design, I mean, the design world. Oh, you do yeah, these amazing yeah. things and boom, it's like, congratulations, you're fired. You're unemployed, yeah. And it's like, why did you put all the energy into something where in the end of the day, you end up with not? Right, and this, this will roll into the next question, mm. which is what do you do when you fail, when you miss? So early, like I've said, early on for me, and I'd say even until a few years ago, my attitude was failure is not good. Failure is is a human failing on top of all these things. I've shifted over time, and it's been more to, you know, sometimes I'm just not going to get it all done, and that's okay. And I'll say that it took a lot of expensive therapy and drugs and a few other things to get to the point where I could start saying, it's going to be okay. Um, you know, I, our previous employer. Yes. Oh, well, your previous employer, I'm still there. Uh, that's true. Yes. So. Our shared work history. So, let's talk about our shared work history for a moment. I, one of, there was, there are two major products at this company puts out and the second one was a major rethink and redesign of the first product and it was um, can I swear on this podcast oh yeah it was a motherfucking shit show 
Yes. And I mean, it was it was an all singing, all dancing shit show. It was a Busby Berkeley genius sort of shit show. It really was that that time period was very difficult on the project and engineering side of the house. Yes. So what happened as a result of that was me feeling a crippling sense of failure, especially when I got pulled off the project after the overall failure of the project. The first failure of the project, we eventually did ship it. Yes, yeah. it did. And I will say to my personal ego, um, you pretty much shipped the product, and I've shipped the product that I was pushing for when it started. Yep. But the thing for me with that is having to learn sometimes it just doesn't work sometimes it fails and to start being okay with that because it's so hard sometimes to admit that you have disappointed yourself or anyone else and the thing is the only people the only the fear and the shame are yours um, they're yours alone I mean I can have a boss it's like you know you didn't ship enough I'm like I know. Here's why. Here's what we can do to make it better. Here's what I'm going to adjust. But for me, there is a desire to just let it go and to teach other people to let it go. And I will tell you, I've had to hold the hands of many a junior designer going, it's okay. Your project went to, you know, your project went to shit. Bad things happened. It's okay. What do you take away from it? What's the lesson you learn? What's the next thing you're going to drive on? You have to take that motivation, especially given that everything in my life is squirrel. I have to know that I'm going to have to continually adjust. I have to keep adjusting the shield frequencies or else the ADHD board will get through. It'll come through and then you're not getting anything done. Exactly. Yep. I will be assimilated in Netflix yes. and re-watching another season of BoJack Horseman. Rewatching it? Yes. 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 Yeah. It's tough to even watch one season, but yes. It's, yeah, no, and the season was really rough, but, yes. but not as rough as third. Anyway, now anyway. we're for scrolling game. So here's here's usually what I remind myself when I fail. Uh, how familiar you are with um, uh, Howard Taylor, the Schlock Mercenary? I am not as familiar with him. So he has the uh, 70 maxims of maximally effective mercenaries. Uh huh. And maxim 70 is. Um, failure is not an option, it is mandatory. mandatory. The option is whether or not you let failure be the last thing you do. Yes. So, I'll say on that point, my, my brother-in-law went to um, West Point. Okay. And one of the things he taught my wife, and by virtue taught me, was about the principle of knife fights. <laughs> which is... When you're in a knife fight, mm -hmm. you do not go into it assuming that you cannot or will not get cut. You have to go into it assuming that you're gonna get cut. Because if you, do, if you don't, you will be too defensive, you will, and you'll essentially get cut no matter what you do. But if you go into it with the understanding that in order to win this fight, you're gonna have to bleed, you're gonna be okay because you're going to win because you're going to accept the fail that this is that the little failures will still bring the big wins. Yeah, just the little cuts in getting in close will bring about the big cut that lets you win the fight. Exactly. So
sounds like something Matt Wallace would say. I could see that. Yes. Yes. And, all right. And I, sorry. No, no, no. I was going to say, is there anything else? Um, Before we go harass abortion protesters. Oh, yes, we should do that. Um, so I would say the most important thing for anybody in this whole thing is be willing to try and fail as much as possible. Um, and every system is just a system. I mean, this is one thing I tell designers all the time, especially when they come in and they tell me, oh, well, this is how design works. This is the design process. It's like, no, it's not. Because what a design process really is, is a set of principles attached to a set of tools that each of us pulls out our toolbox and says, what's the right thing for me to use in this situation? And the thing you may pull out will probably not be the last thing you pulled out. And in that sort of world, you also need to think about productivity the same way. Not everything you do is going to work. I mean, you can you can inbox zero till the cows come home, but if inbox zero doesn't work for you, if inbox zero doesn't make give, bring you, and I hate to cross to cross the streams here, if it doesn't bring you joy, <laughs> then honestly, um, don't do it. I mean, keep trying, keep failing. I only got to Pomodoro's after 42 years. And this was after and this was after 42 years of disappointing grades in college and high school and being told I was a failure. It took me 42 years to figure out the power and virtue of Excel spreadsheets. I cycle through, I want to say, every six months to a year and, and make sure that I'm using the right thing and tune mm. my system and all yeah. that stuff. As long as I don't get into the, I've spent three months tuning the system, so I'm not actually getting anything done, but working on the system to get things done. Yeah, don't, yeah. Make sure that, yeah, and that's the other thing too. Make sure that you're getting benefit out of it and you're not, and if you're tuning, you're dialing it in, you're not rebuilding it every whatever. Right. And, and this is a thing for me, is figuring out the individual pieces that work, throwing out the ones that don't, try new ones. I am a huge fan of Trello. Trello's not the, be Trello's not the best tool for me sometimes. You know, I'm working on a book right now. Trello is a great tool for me for that. Trello is not a great tool for me managing my, my client work. So, and again, understand your tools, move around, um, and... You know, it's the same thing. I tried to do this, and to do to do this is a great thing, but I found it's a struggle to manage sometimes. Yeah, it can be. So I'm on to the next thing, and it's okay. It's okay to change. It's okay, and it's okay to say inbox zero was nice, but it didn't work for me. Or even better, it was okay, but here's what I changed to make it work for me. Right. There's that whole thing, uh, people and organizations, and in particular, you know, companies are very bad about this, mm -hmm. is that they decide this is the methodology we're going to use, and this is the only methodology we're going to use, and this is how everybody in the company will work, which doesn't work, mm -hmm. because you'll either end up with, if you're primarily a waterfall organization, you'll end up with some group doing skunk work scrum and agile. Or vice versa. Or vice versa. And sometimes you've got those groups that, which I think you're familiar with at least one, who treat Agile more like a religion and aren't Agile about their Agile. 
Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or I think on my side, we call it not being able to UX your own UX. Yes. Um, there, I worked with somebody who I will not name, but they were a bit of a religious zealot about certain parts of user-centered design. And this is the way things work. And my response to that was, that's great. We have a design to ship. What are we going to do to get that out the door? Yeah, how does it go out the door? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah you know, how do we close the loop? How do... So, for me, a big thing with all of these things is it has to work for you. It has to be well communicable if it's a system for a team. And most of all, it has to be something that is repeatable and malleable. Yep. And like I said, there are certain pieces of Inbox Zero I like. Oh, yeah. I can't do it. I literally cannot do it. It is impossible. I'm currently in Inbox 27,000. Because of the judicious use of filters and much more strict adherence to if this isn't actionable, archive it right now. I think I'm currently, like, work is Inbox mm. 1. At least it was when I left the office. Mm -hmm. And home is in box three. Mm -hmm. right? But I'm also a big fan of, okay, this is a newsletter that I like to read, but it does not belong in my inbox. Mm -hmm. So I'm filing it in my list folder. This, all of my receipts can be automatically filed into my receipt folder, and I can review it later. Yeah. There's no reason for those to be inboxed in front of my face. Yeah. And that's a big reason in my current work, I've gotten a company credit card entirely to so I can attach it to FreshBooks and FreshBooks pulls it out. And then once a quarter, when I have to deal with paying the IRS and paying the state of Washington, I can, it's all there. And, and you know what came from where and it's, that account is just the business. And it's beautiful. And, okay, I will add one more thing. That's fine, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm rambling I'm gonna add one more thing, which is that exact thing. Segmentation has been huge for me. One of my big problems in terms of organization was I used to have this part of my budget where my checking account would suddenly go dry. And I'd go, why the hell is my checking account dry? And what I discovered was I have all these monthly and yearly things and I've got contributions going, you know, I've got charitable contributions going out and so on and so on. But I had absolutely no concept of where it was going. By the way, I'm ADHD and have never been able to balance a checkbook. Right. right. So what I ended up doing was, because I am at a really nice credit union, I yeah. set up, I said, open another account. I shifted everything onto a credit card I opened, or a debit card I opened on that account, and that ends up being the pool of money that handles my monthlies, it handles all of my, um, all of my cloud subscriptions, all of my um, con charitable contributions, everything else. It just runs as long as I keep money pouring into it. And then on the other side of it, I have this other giant giant pool of money where I can, I know, okay, it's all right. If I want to spend a ridiculous amount of money on something stupid, that money's there. And it's not going to be, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to have the Electronic Freedom Foundation, Amnesty International, and, um, and Amazon yelling at me. Right. Well, EFF won't yell so much, but you get a lot more emails about we see your membership expired. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's almost, it would be better if they yelled. It really would some days. Yeah, it would. So. Anyway. All right. 
Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks so, for having me. Good to see you again. You too, sir. Yes. And uh, here, okay, so this is a traditional handshake over the recorder that no one can see. But for whatever reason, when we're doing this in purpose, it just seems like the person seems like the appropriate thing to do, right? I think I can fix that. Oh, yeah? Oh, okay. Here we go. Yeah? And see, I'm on Twitter, by the way, at yes. Dylan W., so you will mm -hmm. probably find the picture of Kevin and me shaking hands. Yes, absolutely. I will I will go ahead, I'll probably repost it, or I'll uh, post the link in with the episode links for this episode. Beautiful. Right on. Thank, Thank you, sir. You. And we're back. Woo! I hope you enjoyed that interview with Dylan. Again, his company is, oh, let me pronounce it right here, uh, Hetra User Experience Consulting. He is really good at his job, and the card he had for me, uh, Hetra.design, and I'll put that, obviously I'll link that in the show notes. I love talking to Dylan. I want to have him back because he has some very interesting comments and statements on the subject of burnout. And when we get to the episodes on burnout, I think he's one of the experts, and I'm really looking forward to talking to him again. Absolutely. Our badge code this time around is chicken. I think that's pretty, <laughs> pretty obvious that that's where we're going. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for subscribing. Thank you to all the people who support Ursula's Patreon. Which, Kevin is sort of coming out of that at the moment. We we should probably just rebrand. We're and probably going to end up rebranding the Patreon to Red Wombat Productions or something. Because, frankly, we do so many things together at this point, it only makes sense. Don't worry, we'll sign a prenup. Absolutely, because there's no real reason to... My day job is my day job, and I don't need money, but we also want to be safe on intellectual property and things like that, because we're both... You would quit your day job in a heartbeat if you could podcast full-time. I could, but we'd have to make... you would. <laughs> I abs absolutely would if I could spend my days working on for lack of a better term, chicken cam <laughs> and podcasts, I would do it, but that's a lot of money and I don't expect us to, to hit those levels. Yeah. If it buys chicken feed and food for KUEC and... <laughs> if it buys an expensive chicken door. <laughs> and recording equipment, I think we're, we're in good shape. Yes. So, <laughs> that much being said, again, thank you all for listening. If you haven't subscribed via iTunes or directly from the site or through Google Play, please take the time to do so. Share the podcast with your friends. Remember, we have two other podcasts. There's Kevin and Ursley Eat Cheap for the 18 and Up crowd, where we eat prepackaged foods and drink all the drinks because we need some drinks after some of those prepackaged oh, foods. Jesus, I got you kraut chips. 
Kraut chips, yeah. Kraut chips coming up on this week's episode of Kevin and Ursley Eat Cheap, apparently. <laughs> we also have the Hidden Almanac. Five minutes, three times a week, give or take. The five minutes is give or take. It's always three times a week. Tune and in for Kevin's sarcastic turkey. I'm sarcastic voicing, undead turkey. voicing a sarcastic undead turkey right now as part of it. So that's thrilling. <laughs> but we really want to thank everybody for your support. Everybody for your letters and your feedback. And we'll be doing a letter show later this month in October. I'm going to try to do those probably once a month, once every two months, depending on volume, because I think your feedback is really important to us and your experiences with keeping yourself organized is very valuable to the other listeners. So please feel free to write in through our contact page. You can find me on Twitter at K-S-O-N-N-E-Y. Tell us what works for you or what doesn't work for you. Absolutely. The one thing I have learned is that very few of us have utterly, totally, no one has experience like us, unique uh, yeah. things going on. So if some, if you're telling yourself, no, I'm the only person that this happens to, you might be surprised. You Let us know. very well might be surprised. And that's it. That's all I got for this week. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you next week. Stay productive, folks. Is that a good tagline? That'll work for me. Yeah, get there. All right. <laughs>